Welcome to the special edition of AutoLine Detroit with my special guest today, Don Esmond, the Senior Vice President of Toyota Motor Sales USA. Great to have you here, Don. Great to be here, John. Great to be here, but not great things going on with Toyota. I imagine you've never seen anything like this in your career with all this unintended acceleration and whatnot going on. Well, I've been with Toyota now almost 30 years, John. <laughs> So, so you've seen, seen a lot. lot. I've seen a lot, and uh, certainly these are unprecedented times, but uh, we'll survive. You will survive, but you, what do you think is tougher? You are a Silver Star uh, Award winner, flying choppers for the U.S. Marines in, in Vietnam. What's tougher, the, what you're going through here or what you went through in Vietnam? Well, that may have prepared me for what's <laughs> going on now and uh, maybe for the combat pay, but uh, we, we'll get through it. I mean, we've got a great dealer partner uh, out there, and uh, our dealers are doing a great job, and uh, we're going to survive. Toyota this week uh, pretty much debunked Professor Dave Gilbert's test, a uh, professor from the University of Southern Illinois, where he rigged up a Toyota Avalon to induce uh, sudden unintended acceleration. Uh, have you got any way to measure whether the test that you guys did is now persuading people that that may not really be a very valid way of doing things? You know, I, I don't think that we've got any you know, kind of a scale right now to say one way or another. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, speculation kind of comes easy, a lot easier than science. And I think what we owe our customers is the science and the facts. And that's why we put that uh, study together. That's why we got Exponent to take a deep dive into the you know, speculation that there are ghosts in the electronics. And uh, we're very convinced there isn't. And uh, we'll do a deep dive, do the study, not only our own engineers that have tested it with the fail-safe systems, but also Exponent, a third party, and we'll make all of that data available uh, to our customers and to NHTSA and anybody else that wants to look at it. Talk a little bit about Exponent, because a lot of people are saying, oh, they're not credible. Toyota's paid them to do all this stuff, and they've worked for Toyota in the past. Well, Exponent also uh, did the... Uh, Oklahoma City bombing <laughs> investigation along with the World Trade Center. So I think they have some pretty good credentials. Do they work for other automakers? Uh, I believe so, but I, I, I don't know, John. Okay. Um, I, you're saying, if I got this right, with that with the new sales incentives, sales for Toyota in the U.S. are up 50% in the first 10 days, 8 days of March? Well, that was through the first weekend. Through the first okay. 10 days, probably up 40%. 40%. So, I mean, if we look at it, the last two months have been pretty tough. But uh, not unexpected when you announce a stop sale and you have about 130-some thousand of your inventory, you know, Camrys and Corollas, which are your your top sellers, uh, and uh, the dealers did absolutely the right thing in terms of prioritizing the fix with the customers. Uh, you know, we've, the dealers have now completed over a million of these recalls, got up to a rate of doing some 50,000 a day. They've extended hours, they're open 24 seven. Uh, so they did the right thing. So obviously we didn't have full inventory in January, full inventory in February. By the end of February, we were able to kind of recover. Uh, all the inventory is updated now. March kicks off the spring selling season. And with the spring selling season, ordinarily uh, our 12 regions, kind of the dealers have their own little sales event in their area. 
uh, dealers came to us and said, you know, they would like to kind of do one together. So we put together a, uh, a program that basically thanks our loyal customers. And we've got a lot of loyal Toyota customers that believe in the brand, have confidence in the brand, have confidence in the safety of their product. And uh, so we've kicked off a thank you to our own customers, which also uh, includes some testimonials of our customers and uh, what they feel and why they're loyal uh, Toyota uh, folks. And uh, we've kicked that off with some unprecedented incentives from our side. And I imagine you've had to have those unprecedented incentives to get people to come back in and start buying, but does that hurt Toyota's image and residuals further down the road? Well, I think we're very careful to look at that because, you know, we've built a reputation here in the U.S. in the top 50 years on quality, dependability, reliability. We think long-term that's still where we want to be. Uh, when we say unprecedented incentives, they're unprecedented for Toyota, but they're probably still about 30% less than some of our competitors are spending. So I think it's, I kind of look at it as a kickstart. Uh, one of the controversies in, in the hearings is this so-called book of knowledge, uh, information on Toyotas that, I, I, if I understand right, are, are being subpoenaed right now to, to get that information. Uh, can you talk about that? And, and another question along those lines, is the book of knowledge, is this the, the, the book of information that the SHUSAs, the, the product development uh, leaders at Toyota keep? You know, to tell you the truth, I'm not familiar with the book of knowledge. Okay. Uh, I guess, uh, but, but obviously if it's been subpoenaed, uh, you know, we'll provide that information. Uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, Toyota will set a new industry standard in terms of safety and responding and transparency uh, with NHTSA, and uh, that's our objective. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone's focusing on electronics or some sort of gremlin in the electronic system, but of course, no one can find this. You know, Professor Dave Gilbert thought he had the answer, but that seems to have been debunked right now. What happens if no one can find any electronic problem? Doesn't this leave a cloud over Toyota's head? And maybe others, too, but Toyota's in the spotlight now. But, but I think everybody has an electronic uh, throttle. Uh, you know, we've got over 40 million of these on the road today. Uh, we don't feel there's a problem there, but we want to make sure we deep dive it and, and take a hard look and, and provide the facts. Again, the science behind this. So we will do that. But you must be worried if if no one can find a fix. I, I mean, the American public seems to want uh, an answer as to how this thing is going to get solved. Uh, how do you provide them with that answer? Well, I, I think provide them the facts. Uh, I mean, you know, with these incidents, uh, you know, we'll be quick to the table to investigate them uh, along with NHTSA. And, uh, you know, if, if there is a problem, we want to find out as much as anybody else. What about driver error? No one seems to want to touch this issue whatsoever. If you go back to the, the Audi cases of unintended acceleration in the late 80s, NHTSA did a thorough investigation and concluded it's nothing much different than uh, or other than mm -hmm. the drivers are putting their foot on the gas pedal, not on the brake. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's a fact of life. There is pedal misapplication. Uh, but I don't think that we want to point the finger because we don't know. We have to take every one of these uh, incidents uh, seriously and, and take a hard look at them. 
so much is being focused on Toyota safety right now, but what, what's the overall safety rate of Toyota compared to other automakers? I, I mean, uh, sure, if you bore in on unintended acceleration, Toyota seems to have a higher incident of, uh, of traffic accidents uh, associated with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering, what about the overall safety record? Is it, does it show that Toyotas are less safe, more safe, or, or well, what? Well, I think you know, there's a lot of ways to measure that. If you go back 10 years and you look at just uh, complaints to NHTSA and you compare Toyota's complaints to other manufacturers based on your sales rate, uh, you know, Toyota ranks towards the bottom, 17th. So there are an awful lot of... In other words, you're 17th down in the number of problems. That no, number of uh, problems or another, uh, number of NHTSA complaints to NHTSA. Mm-hmm. So we think we've got a pretty good track record, but based on, you know, currently, what we understand we stumbled and, and we will recover and, and come out of this. One of the things that's being talked about now is a brake override system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally thought all cars had that. You know, I've, I've done this sort of test before myself. I guess I must have just tested the cars that had that on mm-hmm. uh, on them. What's Toyota's stance on uh, providing a brake override system? And isn't this fairly easy to do? Uh, again, it requires, you know, the software to do it. Uh, we will have by 2011 model year, every Toyota product model will have a brake override system. So we'll be the only, I think, one of the first first line, uh, you know, uh, manufacturers that has brake override on all their cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, lessons learned. What would Toyota do differently, having gone through this now? Do you think you'd change the way that you do things in the future? I, I think, you know, as I kind of reflect back, uh, I think there are lessons learned. Uh, I think uh, Toyota did grow relatively quickly, as Mr. Toyota said. I think part of that uh, growth included some globalization of some of the processes. Uh, and, and I think in reflecting back, and, and, and Akio Toyota did address it, that customers should be first. And if the customer's first, it means that the decision-making should be closer to the customer. And uh, I think Akio is committed to that. Uh, we've seen it with some of his organizations since he came on board. Uh, the fact that he brought Mr. Anaba back. Mr. Anaba now has both our New York office and, and the sales side. Uh, Mr. Nimi, the EVP in Japan, has responsibility for North America. So both manufacturing, who historically have reported up the manufacturing ladder, uh, report to Mr. Nimi, along with Mr. Anaba. So I I think we have lessons learned in this. Uh, uh, We will have our own safety guru here in North America will be responsible for those, including the calls for recall. So I, I think we have learned and at the end of the day, it gets back to customer first and putting the decision making process closer to the customer, and that means in North America. That's interesting and unusual to call executives back who have gone into retirement. What's the thinking behind that? Is it, hey, 
you guys were here when these problems developed. You better get back here now and straighten it out, or is it, hey, you guys have got all the experience necessary to get this straightened out? What's the Well, thinking? Mr. Naba was here before this problem came up. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think Akio recognized Mr. Naba's experience. He recognized the importance of the uh, North American market in, in Toyota's future. Uh, we did, in fact, want to expand our North American role. So not only the safety side, but I think you will see more and more development of product and engineering. You know, we just had a very uh, big increase in, in an Ann Arbor in our technical center. I think you'll see more and more of our products developed here and manufactured here and designed here. Why so? What's the thinking behind? I mean, I'm all for it. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great. But what's the thinking behind doing especially more engineering in the United States rather than in Japan? Well, I think, again, the closer you are to the customer, the more responsive you can be to that customer. And there is a difference between the customer here, a customer in China, a customer in, in uh, Japan, uh, Africa, or wherever. So, so, again, I think, you know, we will you know, take it to the next level and develop the product here and continue to produce the product here. You know, we, we put $18 billion worth of investment here, 10 uh, plants, and, uh, you know, lots of folks working for Toyota here. We've got some uh, questions that came in uh, over the Internet from Facebook and Twitter from some of our, our viewers. Uh, Frank Tupka wants to know, what's the, the cost of this going to be for the company, the dealers, and the employees? You know, the cost doesn't matter because it's the right thing to do. And, and uh, none of us have put a pencil to that cost. And uh, we, we just need to, again, get it handled for our customers. Mud Monster from Twitter wants to know, how are Toyota dealers do, doing with this recall? Uh, I, again, that's the reason I'm kind of out knocking on the doors and doing fireside chats to thank the dealers because uh, they're doing a great job in terms of putting the customer first, handling the recalls, and, you know, there's a fine line. I think in the beginning, you know, uh, you know we, we had to admit that we had a problem. Uh, we apologize for that. We should be responsible for it. Uh, Jim Lentz has put certainly many letters in the paper doing that. There's a fine line to being responsible and getting back to business. And uh, I, I think we, we have said we're sorry, we've taken responsibility, and it's now kind of time to switch to getting back to business, which is a, a reason we've stepped up with the incentives to kind of kickstart the marketplace. You said your dealers have been repairing 50,000 vehicles a day. That's Correct. a staggering. How, how many dealers do you have overall? Uh, we've had 1,200 uh, Toyota dealers and about 200 uh, Lexus dealers, so, so 1,400 dealers. So they were doing overall. this around-the-clock kind of repair. Absolutely. Some people have criticized and saying, oh, uh, Toyota sent the, the pedals to the assembly plants to build new cars rather than enough pedals to the dealerships to fix the cars of people who already had them in their hands. I, What's your response to that? Well, that's the reason we had a stop sale to, to take care of some pedals immediately. Uh, and frankly, you know, the fixes we have is the quickest way to get that fix out there to the marketplace. And we did stop production, which is unprecedented uh, in our business. It sure is. Uh, Tristan Hips from Facebook wants to know, how are Toyota buyers supposed to believe that their cars are properly fixed? And I think what she's, or he is referring to is, 
some people took their cars in to get fixed and they're still reporting problems with unintended acceleration. Uh, again, we, we have to investigate every single one of those. So uh, I I'm, you know, don't know any of the specifics, but we'll sure take a deep dive into it. Here's another one. Does Toyota feel threatened by a resurgent Detroit? Uh, I don't think we look threatened. Uh, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, this is real simple business. Our job as a manufacturer is to produce good quality products that customers want. We intend and will continue to invest in the future in terms of research and development. And uh, quite honestly, I, I think the resurgence of Detroit has kind of recognized it's all about the product. Mm -hmm. and they've reinvested uh, their resources in product, and, and it's good competition for us. Uh, final one here. Michael Beaton wants to know, uh, what about these former NHTSA employees working at Toyota? Uh, wants to know, uh, why were they hired, and uh, what do they do, and how much do they make? Uh, don't know how much they make. Uh, I think they, you know, certainly coordinate, you know, our, our representation with NHTSA. I, I don't know that a former NHTSA employee gives us advantage one way or the other. And uh, we'll work hand in hand with NHTSA. I think on the current uh, sudden acceleration cases, NHTSA is, is right with us taking a very quick look at those. Real good. Well, Don, thanks so much for coming in and talking to us all about what's going on. It's uh, been hair-raising to watch this thing. I keep telling everybody, uh, yeah, it's bad for Toyota, but it's bad for the whole industry, too, because uh, there's so many questions since so many other automakers and vehicles are impacted by this sudden uh, unintended acceleration. Mm -hmm. I think in the end, uh, we'll work through it. And it in the end, it may be better for all of us in terms of the industry because there may be some new standards that we all need to live up to. Very good. Don Esmond, thanks so much for coming in and talking Thank to you. us. Thank you. Autoline Detroit. Appreciate it.